Hello, welcome to the Unreal Picture Show. For this episode, we discuss The Big Lebowski. One of the absolute best dark comedies of all time. A truly treasured cult classic. I'm your host, the only one who gives a shit about the rules, Evan. Welcome. And I'm here with my guest, co-host, you all know him, the laziest man of the Midwest, <laughs> and in the running for the laziest worldwide. Jake, you want to you wanna oat soda, maybe a white Russian? <laughs> yeah, pour me up one. What's up? Here you go, buddy. Welcome. All right, so today we're going to be discussing The Big Lebowski, the terrifically brilliant buddy comedy where the premise really just starts uh, from an assault uh, of the dude and the micturating of his favorite rug. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they say that in there. That's great. That's a Mr. Lebowski line for sure. Micturating. He micturates. He he gets his rug all micturated. Um, So I kind of just want to start this off a little bit different than we have before on the Unreal show. Uh, I I just want to start off with a couple of questions here. Um, Jake, if you don't mind. Oh, God. I want to ask you a really important question here. What kind of bowler are you? (laughs) Oh, man. So you're you're doing this on the spot, just so everybody knows. Like, this is not prepared. I am, like, a really, really shitty or, like, really good. It's never one or the other. I'm not in the medium. I'll throw gutter balls, and then all of a sudden, you know, that special night, I'll get a bunch of strikes. I, I don't know. And I, I can never get my game down. I can't. So not consistent. But you know how in the opening scene of this movie, how they're panning down the bowling alley, and all of the different bowlers have their different kind of throws, and their different, like, dances mm-hmm. and celebrations? Yeah. Will you describe what kind of thrower you are? <laughs> Oh, man. I think I'm that guy with a tank top. Like, he seems like he doesn't have good form. He's maybe Latino, I believe. But they're all great slow motion ones. And then you got the guy with the gut who does a little dance. That's probably not me. But I'm the I'm like the Latino guy with the, with the tank top. He kind of just throws the one leg back. He doesn't look like he's a great bowler, but he that's He celebrates. Me. He was happy at, on the end of that throw. He must have got a strike or something. He definitely, yeah, he did like a, yes, kind of, in slow motion. Uh, another question here. Uh, these next couple of questions are somewhat kind of trivia questions. And what I'm going to do is I'm going <laughs> to ask a question, but I, what I want the answer to be is who asked this question in the movie? Oh, I did not know that we were doing quiz stuff, so, but... First first question. The question is, who said, you see what happens? Wow, that's Walter. Incorrect. <laughs> the answer is not only Walter, but also the treehorn thugs in the beginning. Oh, like with Wu? Right. Yeah. Yeah, when he pisses on the rug. What I like about this movie is that these different lines get tossed around and there's different characters that will end up saying the same line. You know, um, the other one was, uh, where's the money? 
Yeah. So. Who else says it, like, besides, at the start, the, the thugs with Wu? The thugs. Yeah. The nihilists. Yeah, where's the money, Lebowski? <laughs> sure. The big Lebowski says, where's the money? When they're, yeah. When they're in that limo, and they pull him into the limo. My favorite is the, where's the fucking money, shithead? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and even the dude says that in the end, where, uh, where they're, where they come up to back to the mansion and they say, where's the money Lebowski? <laughs> and they're speaking to Mr. Lebowski. And they're talking to the big Lebowski. Okay. Yeah. The big one. Yeah. They do that. Uh, they, they repeat a lot of things in this story and it, and they use it to make for comedic value quite often. So like the parlance of our times, um, this aggression will not stand. The Big Lebowski actually sees um, George Bush in the beginning at the grocery store on the TV quickly. It's like, whatever, Cold War, whatever. I don't know history that well at that time, but it's like, this aggression will not stand, you know, Bush. And then he says that later to uh, the Big Lebowski, this aggression will not stand, man. And he consistently repeats what he hears in the world of this throughout his escapade here. And he does it with the parlance of our times, like I said, and I don't remember all of them, but there's probably like four times where he kind of just regurgitates what other people are telling him. And it and it's to <laughs> comedic value, like in the end of all the writing and it's, such. It's yeah. idiosyncrasies in at its best. I mean, it's such great writing. That's fucking interesting, man. That's fucking interesting. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> Okay, so one of the last questions I have for you is... Um, what does the dude listen to when he's getting stoned? Uh, which time? He gets stoned a lot with music, but, like, he's a Credence guy. In the car when he's, like, banging on the roof, yeah, and he, like, f- flicks it into the fucking window and it lands on his lap. That's do-do-do my back door. That's right. a great scene, yeah. Yeah. He, he likes enjoying uh, different sounds, um... When he's laying on his back on the rug yeah. and he's happy, he's, the whales? Listening, he's listening to the whales. Yeah, the whale sounds. It's so great. He's so <laughs> he's relaxed, so man. He's in, in Zen that, world. Yeah. I want to be the dude. I think we all do. Freaking Zen master, the dude listening to the whale he sounds. He does like Tai Chi at some point or like whatever. Yeah. He like pushes the wind. Uh, he, he's performing that over his rug. He's so happy. He's 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 a balanced With a white individual. Russian in his hand. Ah, oh, glorious. So, um... And then also he listens to the 1986 Venice Beach League playoffs. He's just listening oh. to the soundtrack of a bowling tournament. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that. That's great. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about the movie, man. In short, you, know, you all know the plot, but for those of you that have uh, forgotten a little bit, here's a quick little uh, uh, paraphrasing. The, uh, the story... It's about the dude, right? Jeff Lebowski, unemployed marijuana enthusiast and avid bowler with zen-like demeanor, who is joined by his fellow bowlers and tasked with dealing with the kidnapping of the young trophy wife of wealthy philanthropist, paraplegic Jeffrey the Big Lebowski. Bunny is an adult film actress and owes money all over town. Anyway, she is kidnapped and some incompetent nihilists want a ransom, which leads the dude and his fellow bowlers, Walter and Donnie, on a chase looking for that poor woman, the ransom money, and the truth 
behind the kidnapping. Yeah, that that's the full one, huh? That was quick. The dude's rug, which really tied the room together, is pissed on by a Chinaman thug while a punk surfer kid gives the dude a swirly. See what happens? At the bowling alley during a league game, totally bummed out about the rug, dude and his Vietnam veteran recent divorcee friend, Walter, decide to address the other Jeffrey Lebowski looking to be reimbursed for his rug. It really tied the room together. The dude ends up defiantly taking a rug of sentimental value for Maud, the daughter of the Big Lebowski, who later finds Dude thoroughly enjoying the rug and forcefully takes it back. Dude is called back to the Big Lebowski and is shown a ransom note for Bunny, who is missing. And the incompetent nihilists want a ransom. Dude is set with the task to hand off the ransom money, which, when Walter takes over, just gets all fucked up. So they go bowling, and Dude's car gets stolen with the briefcase inside. When Dude gets his car back, it, like the rug, was micturated on and abandoned. Dude finds a homework assignment left in the car belonging to a kid named Larry. Walter locates the kid, they confront him, and Walter smashes Larry's neighbor's new Corvette with a crowbar. The Nihilists send a tow, presumed to be bunnies, but is actually from their Nihilist girlfriend. Dude is ransacked by the same thugs who peen on his rug, and Maude finds him, and they do it. Everybody wants to know, where's the money? Well, turns out there is no money. The Lebowski withdrew it from the charity, kept it the whole time, and Bunny just left town. So Walter throws the paraplegic Big Lebowski out of his wheelchair, thinking he is just a complete phony. The dude, Donnie, and Walter return to the bowling alley. Outside the bowl, the Nihilists set the dude's car on fire. But learning there was never any money, the Nihilists try to rob the guys for what they have on them, but Walter, in true veteran heroism, fends them off. Donnie suffers a fatal heart attack and dies. Unable to pay $180 for an urn, Donnie's ashes are carried in a coffee can to the ocean where Walter gives a rambling eulogy and we learn Donnie was a surfer. Ends at the bowling alley where, and we have not yet seen the dude bowl, but anyway, it doesn't quite wrap up. But we do learn that there's a little dude on the way and sometimes you eat the bar and sometimes the bar eats you, which I think may be meant to say the bear I don't know. I feel like that would make more sense. But if there's one thing that is actually clear from the movie, it's the dude abides. Well, uh, I just want to say after that, I didn't know that was going to happen. But if I was a blind man and I needed to know what, what happened in this movie, that'd be pretty quick and good. Like, you know, whipping you with my little cane or something. Like, tell me the story. Big old little Lebowski. <laughs> Let me know. Uh, that was, wow, that was a mouthful. Pretty good, good little synapse there. I mean, that's basically the plot of the movie. You know, this movie, <clears throat> it's it's a lot like, you know, I think these uh, these Coen brother guys, Ethan and Joel, they're really... Yeah, I've heard of them. They write, I think their, their movies are mystery movies. Would you agree? Mm. I think they cover all themes lately. I would... Where I'd plug this into the Coen Brothers stuff is this is the most straightforward comedic movie they've made. You call it a dark comedy. It it is. It's this movie. Imagine the Farrelly Brothers doing this movie. You kind of can like slapsticky, like something about Mary, or you know, it, it it works that way. But then imagine two people writing a really great 
dialogue-filled, connection-filled movie that you just... There's no slapstick. It's all hidden gem stuff that the dialogue's there for these actors. The cast is so well cast, and it's delivered to the perfect extent Brilliant of the cast, law. Yeah. It, it, it's just... It's a perfect... It's a perfect comedy. That's fucking interesting, man. That's fucking interesting. Plus, he has the wealth, obviously. So, uh, as far as the... Like, you mentioned, like, the characters and the actors and each one of these... Uh, these main characters, they're all kind of embedded in their own universe. I mean, they are they are such individuals, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah. From just, like, the two best friends, Walter and the dude, they are... They're complete opposites, but they mesh so well. Um, they accept each other for who they are. But, I mean, then also, I mean, the different sides of people. You got the nihilist, you got this, you know, rich philanthropist, philanthropist you've got maude the daughter of a you know uh aristocrat they're just well thought out rounded characters each and every one of them you totally get what each character wants to do or where they're coming from you don't ever get that in uh like i'm saying like a, a a a dumb comedy and so you care for all these people besides like Tara Reid I think every and and like the nihilists everybody else in this movie you totally get where they're coming from from Julianne Moore to even the big Lebowski to even Brad you know like he's a suck up kiss ass Philip Seymour Hoffman's amazing oh yeah oh it's Brant with a T it's Brant yeah okay um it's great yeah and um also I just want to say like According to the Coen Brothers movies, like Fargo came out before this, and you had Steve Buscemi in that. Mm-hmm. What a acting change for him to go from Fargo, Steve Buscemi, this ratty faced, I need the money, I, I'm stealing, fuck you, you know, fuck everybody, to like stupid, go along with everything, good loving Donnie. It, that came to mind watching this again. I'm just like so happy about his change and he's such a great actor. It's so different. It really is. Um, but yet, I mean, like I said, Fargo is kind of like a mystery yeah, film, right? Maybe they all, yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. And then uh, Burn After Reading. Yeah, that's also, that's a comedic It's a dark slight, comedy yeah. uh, mystery who kind of... I'm not a huge fan of that one. I want to watch it again. I but thought that was a good movie. I don't... Brad Pitt, I remember being really funny. But Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was I need good. to give it another chance now that I'm a little older and it's not during that time of the movie. I, I don't know if I was ready for a good Coen Brothers movie, but with everything they've made now, you, you, you really watch it closely now. You're just like, wow, this is amazing. And you guys, such heartfelt, deep, emotional character studies on people and themes beyond themes. Like, even this movie is very zen- Jeff Bridges, it changed his life. Like, this movie made him an icon. I think he pretty much... I think I've seen a story where he's uh, on the Hollywood Boulevard putting his star in, and he put on, like, the robe, and everybody cheered. Like, he put his star in as the Big Lebowski, you know? And and that's his huge fan club. I mean, there's people from all around the world that come together at, like, Big Lebowski cons, and this movie Mm -hmm. is crazy. Yeah, Lebowski Fest. Yeah, it's developed such a huge fan base, and it should, and very well so. Like, it's a perfect movie, but go ahead. And much like other cult classic movies, this movie did not do well in the box office. It was a a total flop. Critics hated it. Nobody went to see it. It did did poorly, and it 
it took a little bit of time for people to realize how brilliant and how hilarious this is. It that's pretty interesting considering Fargo, right? Like, what are audiences stupid? They didn't track. I don't think we looked as closely at directors as we do now. Like, you hear this is from this director, and I'm gonna go see this movie. I don't know if we did that at the time. Like, oh, Fargo was good. Critics love Fargo. Sure. And maybe, I don't know what Fargo made, but I doubt it was, like, substantial at first. That might even be a cult classic itself, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I think... Coen brothers really know what they're doing, I think, for the long view. And I think that they make their movies together. I mean, gosh, to be writing a movie, directing a movie, to just be producing such good classic movies with your brother, I think, really says a lot to their ability to creatively collaborate i mean it's crazy i can you do that with your brother i don't have one but how's your collaboration level not not to that extent that's for sure (laughs) but they did like um most recently like the you know the ballad of buster scruggs sure um, on netflix which is like vignettes on vignettes with with the western theme and they're joyous and great and I love those, each and every one. It's so good, and it's like their throwaway stuff. Like, these guys have ideas out the wazoo, thinking about everything. I can't believe what they can do with... um, They're inspired by everything that they see. The dude was actually a friend that they knew, whose name was Jeff, who was (laughs) on the scene, who was, you know, at the set. Teaching Jeff how to be the dude, kind of. Yeah, teaching Jeff Bridges how to be the dude. Uh, probably Stone. Jeff is the dude, though. If you ever hear him talk, I mean, he's got a zen, and he also sure, speaks yeah. about that, too. He's yeah. very hippie, yeah. like, in his real life. He's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. He is the dude he's in real life. Dude. Yeah. He does yeah. a good job. He would, you know, I hear a couple of things about, you know, on the set, what Jeff Bridges would say is that, you know, he'd go up to Joel or Ethan and say, do you think the dude smoked one on the way over and it, you know they'd talk about like what their friend this guy jeff oh uh, jeff the real jeff the real dude yeah based off of a guy that they knew um actually goes by the dude they'd they'd talk about him and he'd be there and they'd meet each other i believe that um i got a question for you quick since yeah. you pop quiz me hot okay shot. sure um what's your favorite coen brothers besides this besides this mm-hmm. um you want me to read them off? I mean, you got Fargo, No Country for Old Men. No Martin Country Fink. for Old Men is, oh my gosh, that one yep. really gripped me to the core. That uh, that character, what was that actor's name? Um, uh, you got Josh Brolin, and you got uh, Diego. Yeah. Uh, uh, the God, I wish I knew his he name. He plays he plays God in that Mother movie. I love that he movie. Plays the husband Mother. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got True. He's Grits. in like one of those TV shows too. That guy's great. Oh my gosh, yeah. that character I'll, I'll was so it. scary. His name is Javier Bardem. Javier. Yeah. yeah, I love Mother. I think it's an acid trip gone wrong. If anybody doesn't want to take acid, just watch that movie and you will find that's kind of things get away from me a little bit, just like that film. But um, that would be my pick too, man. Yeah, no question. And you for got Woody man. Harrelson, you know? Um, it, it It's great. But this movie. Is my favorite. This is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. This is my absolute favorite from the Coen Brothers. Maybe across the board as far as comedies. I mean, this is. I think this it is, is my kind of movie. I, I think love this flick. It's this movie, and then the, as far as comedy goes, it's this movie, 
And then on the far other side, it's like Dumb and Dumber or some shit like that, you know? Like, sure. honestly, yeah. that's yeah. my spectrum of comedy. Too, but this movie takes the cake for being so deep and smart and well thought out. And the, the script, you could just... it, You can watch it a million times and still find enjoyment with these small conversations that aren't necessarily comedic, but the act... And I know this about these two directors, that they really make them to the T say exactly what's in the script. Like, okay, yeah. no, no, you kind of stuttered there. Don't improvise at all. Like, what you say, what now? You do this now? They are very well critiqued, like all these actors, and they're having to do exactly what is in the script, from what I know. That's right. I, I heard that, too. They... They literally only had, like, one or two lines that were improvised in this whole movie. And these actors are so good, and they're so vibing off of each other. They're feeling the chemistry. you got to think that during the filming that they they spit, and they ad-libbed, and they were having fun with it, but the Coen brothers would stop them, and they'd say, no, yeah. you, you have to stay to the script. And that works. This it's brilliant. It's only with the artistic touch of them written and directed to have a piece that works that well this is the best result you could ever get from that well they already fought about it they were already in their yeah. basement or whatever they were doing sure two brothers two brothers this doesn't work this works it. fuck yeah. you this yeah. yeah no this and works then by all the right time fine. they're directing yeah. it they're already on the same i would page. love to hear those two in a trailer just like trying to punch up lines and, and think about what john goodman should say in this film you know and when you when you see them like in interviews they're not comedic people you know they're they're serious they're about very serious the yeah film yep and they, they are you they're can focused. read you can read that in their films when the difference between this movie and other comedies is on the first part after you know um the woo crashes in pisses on his rug he shows up at the bowling alley i noticed there's probably like a five minute no cutaway with three of them all acting and um, John Goodman giving his whole speech and Donnie acting stupid. And it's one shot, man. Like, it's beautiful. Their comedic timing. I don't know how many times they had to hit that shot. But, wow. Everybody, it you feel like you're really living it. It's real. Like You could watch one of these guys' face during the scene that you're talking about. Where they're yeah, sitting down at the bowling alley. Totally. You could watch just Donnie in the background. Yeah. And you could... You can see his face. He's like, because uh, it like, shows you know, Donnie but, making a strike, and then he comes back, market, market, dude, yep. and like nobody's paying attention to yeah. him. He ends up having to market himself, but then it pans, and it's that it's four minutes of them talking, and it, yeah, go ahead, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's really good, and the the scenes, the acting, all of it is just it's fantastic. Is that when when Jesus? comes in that's later okay. so this is right away when they introduce oh they're the talking about the rug yeah yeah the yeah. rug you piss on your rug but he pissed on his rug you know walter stay the fuck up you're Shut over the fuck up, you're, over, you're out of your element yeah here, i've got that scene if you guys want to listen to it here is mm -hmm. the rug yeah man it really tied the room together so this was a value dog yeah. tied the room together dude my rug were you listening to the dude's story donnie what were you listening to the dude's story i was bowling so you have no frame of reference here donnie you're like a child who wanders into walter, the middle of a movie and wants what, to know walter what's the point man there's no reason here's my point dude there's no fucking reason why these yeah walter what's your point huh Walter, what is the point? Look, we all know who is at fault here. What the fuck are you talking about? Huh? No, what the fuck are you? I'm not. 
We're talking about unchecked aggression here. What the dude. fuck is he talking my about? My rug. Forget look, it, Donnie. You're Walter, out of your element. Walter, the Chinaman who peed on my rug. I can't go give him a bill. So what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? The Chinaman is not the issue here, dude. I'm talking about drawing a line in the sand, dude. Across this line, you do not. Also, dude, Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. Asian American, please. Walter, this isn't a guy who built the railroads here. This is a guy. What the fuck are you Walter, he peed on my rug. He peed on the dude's rug. Plus, he has the wealth, obviously, and the resources, uh, so that there's no reason, there's no fucking reason why his wife should go out and owe money all over town, and then they come and they pee on your fucking rug. Am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? Yeah, but... Okay, then. <clears throat> that rug really tied the room together, did it not? Fucking A. This guy peed on it. Donnie, please. You know, this is the fucking this guy. guy I could find it. this fucking Lebowski guy. His name is Lebowski? That's your name, dude. <laughs> this is the guy who should compensate me for the fucking rug. His wife goes out and owes money all over town and they pee on my rug? They pee on your fucking rug? Peed on my fucking rug. That's right, dude. They peed on your fucking rug. Oh my god, the idiosyncratic interruptions and the conversation that's being had throughout the whole movie is just that's like that That's a one shot, though, that we were just listening to. Yeah. That's a one shot. And they're coming in. Their timing is so comedic and perfect. When Walt, he comes in, Walter comes in. It, it's just so fluid. Donnie interjects. Oh, my God. Walter yells at Donnie. The comedic timing is perfect in this movie. It, I, I've never seen anything like it, to be honest. I really haven't. I'm not just being disingenuous. This is... A crazy comic work of art. I, I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, the the interruptions throughout all of the conversations, um, every little thought is kind of stopped, and then another thought, either it's a new thought or it's finishing a previous thought in the movie, or, um, like, you know, even the simplest thing, like when Brant is trying to describe the key or all the things on the wall he kind of like stops mm. and then kind of moves don't, over uh, yeah. please don't touch that yeah. and then you have a little quick touch from Jeff Bridges yeah. before he moves on yeah uh, Brandt is a very interesting character how they put Philip Seymour Hoffman one of the best actors ever as Brandt and how good Brandt is it, it, we know from film lovers of this time you remember Brandt or Philip Seymour Hoffman from like Boogie Nights he plays like a creepy cameraman weird guy. So there's this whole like time where they kind of put uh, put him in those roles and um, he's excellent, but it's before everybody knew or maybe they knew and they, he just got kind of like cast as as that. I think the Coen brothers knew his potential, but sure. Man, the like suck up <laughs> laugh um trying to explain <laughs> assistant, you know, just always the assistant oh, sure, trying yeah. to help out the rich man, you yeah, know. Like I'm oh, bunny. She we love her little quips, you know. <laughs> I'll suck your cock for whatever she says, right? Uh, you know, at the pool when he walks out and sees her paint her nails, blow on them. I'll suck your cock for $1000 and the brands sit there like Oh, she's so quippy or whatever he said. Yeah. He's always trying to um, kind of bridge the gap between rich asshole and, um, but he's also like a kind of a worm. He's a butler and he's, and he's loyal and he feels like he's got, you know, his employer's 
you know, best interests and also image. Um, like, who the hell cares what this guy, the dude, thinks? But he's still got this act on that he's trying to, like, downplay the, you know, <laughs> the sluttiness of terrorism. of yeah, Big Lebowski, here. to be honest. He's going like, to play that. Yeah. Are you sure he won't mind? Well, he doesn't care about anything. He's a nihilist. Oh, that must be exhausting. You're not blowing. Our guest has to be getting along, Mrs. Lebowski. Oh, you're bunny. I'll suck your cock for a thousand dollars. Exactly right. Like, yeah, he's like just, a little flipper. He's uh, nervously. Yeah, he, he, yeah. Evan's doing a action, which is exactly like a little like, like a little a, penguin with like a penguin wings. With like, it out. He's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what he does, and he's goofy with his glasses and his whole uh, demeanor. Is it? It it's so funny. But but um, he did like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, Magnolia, and then he did mm-hmm. Boogie Nights with them. So I think he's a. He's a director's gem. I think they just could put him anywhere, from what I could tell. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, the whole cast, is, they're all incredibly talented actors. I mean, how, what do you think about Maude? I mean, Julianne hmm. Moore, like, sure. that character, the, you know, the privileged daughter of a, probably a, you know, a probably hated her father along she the way. She went to art school, yeah. you know. Very liberal arts. You know that. Yeah. And he uh, doesn't like it. You could just read all that, read what they're writing in front of you know in front of you. She's like a wannabe abstract flying with a G string through the air, whipping you know paintbrushes at the ground. You know she thinks she's Jackson Pollock, and she's got that goofy, um, feminine if not obviously gay friend that they just <laughs> all the time, and they just have a chatter. And then, you know what I love about this movie is the dude goes into a bunch of different worlds of all these people the rich the artistic the the downtrodden the downtrodden artistic like his friend who shows up uh he, he he's the rolling tumbleweed is the theme he's just rolling around like at the start i'm rolling tumbleweed so he's just kind of like rolling through life i think that's what they're trying to say he's just kind of tumbling and they're showing you his zen way of floating through life sure. man and the, yeah. the wind will take me where yeah. i go man writing checks for 69 cents <laughs> that's the best start ever <laughs> and then like uh what's his face is like the travelers like you know uh voiceover is just like the dude blah 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 you know sam elliott man, you the know, cowboy just, yeah i'm not one of those guys i can quote every damn word but by golly what happened uh the, the cowboy um what do you think he represents? Hmm. You know, he's 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 a narrator. He's like a background sure. thought, but he addresses the dude in such a way like he knows him, and it's obvious that the dude has no idea who this cowboy is. Mm-hmm. But the way uh, the way the cowboy talks to the dude, and he's so you know he's got a real perspective of who he is. Um, and then it seems like only the dude can see him, right? Mm. Well, I guess the bartender can see him because he's... Yeah. Yeah. But he, get, he, gives he shows drink. up in these moments when the dude is just kind of... He's at the bar. And him. then, you know, don't let the bar eat you. And then that's one of the other things that uh, the the dude actually repeats at the end. And then he turns over and the guy's okay. actually sitting right there. Right. So this whole thing of kind of regurgitating things and and like... 
that's kind of how life goes. Um, the the cowboy, I think the Coen brothers are kind of obsessed with uh, western in a way, and, and Sam Elliott. I, it's hard to know. I mean, it's like a, he's the, the person. Why am I not able to think about the person that speaks during a movie? He's the, the narrator. The narrator. Yeah. So he's the narrator in this Flash, and I think for some reason the Coen brothers chose to make him a cowboy type person, and to make this whole thing. I just think they're into westerns, and I don't. I don't they're know. Just bringing that element into their. They comedy. like the rolling yeah. tumbleweed. They like yeah. that theme, and then they want to end it with something. They want to give it meaning. They wanted some person to come in and and say. You know, Zen quotes and and be a cowboy. Sure, yeah, I guess I don't know Smart, what's in there. Wise head. cowboy who's seen it and he's seen it all. And and the I think the contrast bef- between a dude in a robe that's a hippie and a cowboy, you know, is really cool to just see two of those types at a bar. You'd have to ask them. I don't know if I I know that. I, I just I, I, I can't gotta come up think, with anything. and I can't put my finger on it either. But I gotta think that there is some sort of meaning behind this character of the mm-hmm. cowboy being the narrator. And watching it this last time, I really, I mean, it really looked like he was looking into Lebowski's, into the dude's soul. You know, I mean, he was, he saw him for what he was. He, he loved appreciated him, him yeah. for what he was, and um, I think that uh, I think that that really gives a a good perspective of the storyline i guess is he god you sure, know right Maybe. is it something like that is it his he's the father you know he's god he's the he's father guider, he's guidance, western like his inner he's the western um maybe like the western society of philosophy or something like he's a cowboy he's out west you know i mean you could think stuff like that he's the western guru yeah coming from sure. the fucking wind and the dust and the tumbleweed world yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's just artful, and I, I don't, it doesn't take you out of comedy, and it's comedic while he comes in, which, that would be really dumb in a lot of movies, just all of a sudden a cowboy, who was the narrator, showing up. The narrator showing up is a strong choice, and they must have made that for a reason, and Sam Elliott's great, and they chose him yeah. for a reason, so, yeah. there's something there. Yeah, well, I mean, his voice is yeah, he's awesome. so enjoyable to listen to, and I love him, yeah. The mustache, you can't beat that either. You just you just can't. You can't even you can't even buy a fake one that looks like that. There's no way. You, Such a you can't reproduce cowboy. it. Yeah, he's great in um A Star is Born. He's awesome. Oh. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. The new Bradley Cooper one with Lady is he a Gaga. Cowboy as well. Kinda. Yeah. He's a brother of Bradley Cooper who's a country singer. Oh, okay. The older brother. Great. I think he won uh he was close to winning um Whatever they call that side character. <laughs> God, that's a bad way to say it. Supporting like, actor. Supporting actor. That's like calling your um, side chick a supporting chick, right, Evan? Well, I mean, whatever whatever you got to do. We're getting goo- goofy you know. now. Um, but, uh, yeah, Cowboy, great character, great narrator, gives a lot of aspect to the perception of the dude. Oh, you got a good sarsaparilla. Sioux go. City sarsaparilla? Yeah. It's a good one. How you doing there, dude? Not too good, man. One of those days, huh? Yeah. Well, a wiser fellow than myself once said, 
Sometimes you eat the bar and much obliged. Sometimes the bar will eat you. Mm. That's some kind of Eastern thing? <laughs> Far from it. See? I like your style, dude. Mm, well, I dig your style too, man. That whole <laughs> cowboy thing going. I love it. It's so precious and precious. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely precious. I, I love those two. This is a guy's movie. Let's be honest. This isn't. I don't know. Do girlfriends like this? I I I've, I've tried to show them. They all huh. fall asleep. I, sure. I don't know. It's a guy's movie. The scenes are so... I mean, the interchange and the, the the segments of this movie are so different. I mean, it feels like it's... I mean, it feels like it's a three-hour movie because there's so many mm-hmm. different scenes and, the, and the, the realizations that you have throughout the movie. I can see it, you know, kind of tuning out. Like, sometimes I'll... I remember, like, years ago, I would watch half the movie. I'd fall asleep and I'd watch yeah. it. I'd start again from the beginning the next time. And I know when I first watched it and you could cut this if you want for no, I long. This. um so i worked at godfather's pizza i was like 15 and i was like the dishwasher you know kind of bitch back boy and this is actually faster than i i'm gonna make it sound but um anyway i just i had my friends come in and just like i'd give a buffet pizza for free and it turns out the owner doesn't like that and he started bitching at me i'm like you know what fuck this job and i literally took off my shirt i did one of those i threw them at him i went to my locker in the back i grabbed my cell phone and i grabbed my stuff and i left and biked i guess i biked somewhere you know i used to bike at that age and then i get to this friend's house where i've watched this movie and i'm sitting there and i'm hanging out and uh we're about to watch this movie i get a phone call and on the end of the phone call they're like this is the manager of Godfather's Pizza. Um, we got an issue here. You slash the syrup bags to all the pop in the back, and it's all over the floor. You're going to have to pay for that. I'm like, what? I didn't slash any bags. Are you kidding me? No. You. We have you on camera. You slash the bags of this. What? Corn syrup or whatever. Or whatever sure. syrup goes yeah, into the, the machines or soda whatever. Soda syrup. Yeah. yeah, and it's back by the lockers. I'm like... I didn't fucking do any of that. You gotta be kidding me. Whatever camera you're talking about, I don't believe that shit. And then the guy says, actually, you're talking to the, um, whatever, Department of Police officer. He faked like he was the manager and acted like oh, I really? did that. It so it was cop. a police officer talking to me, trying to. So, some, so they had something no, they happened. They had no video. No, because I didn't do it. Right. And I'm like, uh, so you, you're a policeman? Yes, and you're in trouble, and blah blah blah. We got you on camera, or and then he like changed his story three times. And it was like from the town, man. The police officer calling me. Oh, really? I didn't do it. Yeah, this whole thing happened. He's like, "You're gonna be prosecuted." I'm like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like fourteen or fifteen? Yeah, years fifteen old, yeah. years old. Like, got nothing. You know, like what the fuck? I just quit a job. They got all pissed. I don't know what happened. So I was like. In that frame of mind when I watched this movie, dude. Yeah, oh, really? It was crazy. So it comes back. Yeah. And, like, the friend was like, dude, we were looking through his movies. He's like, uh, have you ever seen The Big Lebowski? I'm like, the what? 
you haven't seen the Big Lebowski? And I'm like, no, why? And I just like fucking loved it every second of it. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I haven't seen this movie. But just to end the story with the cutting the bags of the soda, like, I had to go to court for that. I show oh up gosh. at court, and yeah. I see the manager. We're all walking in together. I'm just like, okay, this is crazy. I get halfway in there, they're like, no, it's thrown out. There's no case. Like, okay. So, so what the hell happened? Did you try and get to the bottom of it? I had no or? idea. They, well, I can't call the manager, you know? It's like... Did somebody cut the know. bags? Did and somebody, they had like a whole list of you or something? right. Like, they had like a whole list of the cleanup, trouble? and it was like they were paying a person to clean up for thirty dollars an hour. You know, there was a it was like a oh, five hundred. They, they were trying you to a fuck bill? me. Oh, yeah. geez, because what? I don't know. Because you were giving pizza away, and they're trying to get that. Yeah, I guess money back. I mean, I did it right in front of their face. It was so crazy, man. It would. That's the. I just had to say that story because it's fucking nuts. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you heard that. Yeah, absolutely. Can we tea time? Uh, yeah, okay. So we're going to take a short little break. You still we'll have be right back. <laughs> oh, no, really. It's not even, not even bruised anymore. Oh, please, Jeffrey. I don't want to be responsible for any delayed after effects. Dime, Sandro. Si. After effects? Si, si. Que ridículo. <laughs> so good oh my gosh that yeah. scene i can't the I contrast has me. never been more severe of uh like the dude mixing a drink and just looking at them it's supposed to be kind of juxtaposed there on how more eloquent and higher above in the artistic world that they sure. are to him but he gives no shits right i mean eventually gets laid with her and he's just He's moseying on through, just like the tumbleweed, right? What do you think about her accent in this movie? Mm. Like she's putting on an accent? So it's like, you know, you almost think when you first see her, when she first comes into the movie, you're like, is that British? Is that Swedish? Is that... Uh, I think it's aristocrat accent. Like, right, just, but she didn't, Right, but she didn't develop this accent naturally. Like this character... Yeah. Maud started speaking like this at some point because she thought it was interesting and she's into the art world she goes to shows she's all about um, aristocracy and trying to maintain her place and she's like the full all the way put that put that measurement all the way to the left side and super liberal you know like she is if she was on Twitter now, she'd be angry at, at, at everything, you know? Like, I, I just feel like that's her character in this. Sh she's definitely stretching the limits of how liberal you can be, I would think. Um, her artistic sensibilities, and I she's just, you know, not to be negative, but she's a snowflakey type creationary. Uh, I don't know. She's a, yeah. She's, yeah. A, she's a yuppie. Yeah, well... She's She's, yeah. You know, she's, uh, you know, I don't want to say higher than thou, but it's, you know, she comes across as a little uh, yeah. narcissistic. I love the way that they... I mean, she's empathy. They put her that way. They put her that way, but then she lays with 
the dude, and so they give her this really good kind of. So, but she had her side. own intentions, and mm-hmm. she had she was you know serving herself in that, that she wanted a child. Yeah. What do you think about how attracted she was to Jeffrey Lebowski, who holds the same name as her father, Ugh. but is yet the absolute opposite of her father? Does that say anything mm. to yeah. like her choice? That's like a Pornhub stepdad thing. You know what? Yeah, right? It's a weird little fetish kind of weird. thing. I never thought of that. That's a good point. That is weird. Yeah, like you're, like, do you think she screamed Jeffrey Lebowski when she's fucking him? She calls him Jeffrey all the time. Oh, she really? says Jeffrey, not the dude ever. She, just Jeffrey. She calls him Jeffrey. Wow, good, good catch. That is fucking weird. Yeah, and she. She wants to just like have uh, interfamily sex, but can't. I, I don't know. That is a twisted thought. And no, I don't know if it's that. I think it's a rebellion thing, and I think it's a. It's mm-hmm. kind of a spiteful act against. Yeah. You know, you're fucking the it's opposite of multi your dad. levels. What I noticed in this movie is uh, this time around is how the Big Lebowski after they have their initial thing where the dude's like you know what they peed on my rug and blah 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 like okay i could tell that uh this isn't gonna work out you know and he's walking out and he's about to get a rug and tells brant that he just wants a rug but the big lebowski is just screaming at the top of his lungs lungs as he's leaving and i was just like this guy has it out for society he's so mad in his chair and he just hates the fact that somebody could relax and have fun while his wife fucks around on him he's just so angry in it i noticed that this time i'm like poor like, guy you're a sad man <laughs> and yeah yeah it's sad uh right he's like it's not that he's jealous but he's self-righteous mm. he is he he's secluded w- in the west wing and then they have the opera oh, sure, music yeah. and yeah. he's so theatrical he's yeah, holier than thou comes up now because you say, but like it just screams of that. Like, I'm better than you, and look at me. I'm in my West Wing, but he doesn't have any money, as we find. He's full of shit. Yeah, it's a facade. Or I mean, he's he's snaps. trying to portray himself as this uh, aristocrat that's a philanthropist that's trying to help but others, he's a weak and little he's a worm greedy, boy. selfish person, yeah. and he's trying to stroke himself off in feeling like he's more important or he loves yeah. looking at the dude he has brant show awards the people that show up at his right. house like brant doesn't do that on his own that's something i could say like oh, brant, yeah. show them all my awards and the time magazine mirror where dude's like oh he looks at it a second <laughs> remember that is like man of the year i can see yeah. that oh uh, yeah yeah um so how about those dream sequences hmm. those uh Weeded out, uh, drugged out, uh, knocked See out. My condition is in. Yeah. That one? Yeah, well, there's there's a few of them in here. Um, oh, what's the other one? Yeah, that I just dropped in. Yeah, that's like his. Uh, that's the Jackie he, Treehorn one, right? Yeah. He gets dosed in his. Yeah. In his white, his Russian, white Russian. And, yeah. Which right, white Russians have never done better after this movie. So, God. but they call it a Caucasian every once in a while. What's the difference between a Caucasian and a white Russian? I'll take a Caucasian, Jackie. That's just what he says to his bartender, I think. He just kind of... I don't know if that's a... That might be a Big Lebowski a, thing. I don't know if that's a thing thing. Like, you can't just show up at a bar and be like... can't order a Caucasian. Well, I'm a Caucasian. No, I don't, I don't think that works. In most bars... You order a white Russian. Yeah. 
Sure. But is there a difference in the drink or are they I think that's interchangeable just a nickname terms? to it's his not, bartender at the bowling alley. Okay. So it's not really called oh, Caucasian. I don't think you can just that. I thought that that was that. a drink. No, I don't you'd have I don't know. Maybe if you're it's in Russia. Russia <laughs> right. Caucasian. Sure. And he, I like how he calls it uh, oat soda too. Does he? So maybe that's what he calls beer oat soda. Ugh. Well, he drinks this weird beer when he does the the scene where he's smoking a dube with Credence and he's pounding on the roof and that, that I that perfect scene just before he crashes crashes into a fucking yeah. you know garbage a dumpster huge box you know and dumpster that was awesome old. like the uh, the stuntman or the yes. driver like how they like he wasn't going too fast or anything mm-hmm. he spills his beer <laughs> because he's trying to put out the roach that he dropped and sure. Ah! <laughs> yeah but then so when he good. crashes into this dumpster it's a great crash the back end of the car like raises a little bit and i mean it was almost like a major impact it's beautiful like, and this the hood, poor fucking car the hood let's talk is, about this car for a second the how much abuse shit. it's yeah i think dude people piss in it they, they leave their homework it's been stolen it smack the windows get smashed uh, that's a great scene after, I think you're going to play a clip off of that, but when they go to, um, the little kid's house because they find the homework, um, then that man who <laughs> has that Corvette outside completely obliter- obliterates their windshield and then they, dun, 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 oya komova, and they, do, they click to that scene where they're all just eating, like, in an outburger and you can see the big Lebowski, or the, uh, the dude, he's just, like, defeated, like, you motherfucker. Fuckers. God damn it, Walter. You fuck everything up. And yeah, it's a, it's kind of a, a odd. And you got Donnie in the back just d- doesn't know what the fuck is ever going on. Just He's like a happy, go lucky person. Yeah, he means no harm at all. He is only there to be with his friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, cute. It's yeah, this trio, they, these friends are, I mean, what a good tight knit group they are! Uh, the comedic value and the I, I could just see them thinking about these characters like who how can we write such comedy and such dialogue with three people kind of interrupting each other perfectly? It's great. Do you? I want to play the uh, the scene where they meet Larry, and so just after the crash. He finds, Larry. because he spills this roach <laughs> and he spills his beer and then he crashes his car. Oh, this is another time when the dude um, copies somebody. He says, we're going to cut off your dick, Larry. He yeah. copies the uh, the nihilist. Yeah. Cuts so off he, your Johnson. He re- re- reverberates once again and, and uses that on Larry. And they're both we're going to cut off your dick, we're Larry. Cut off your dick, Larry. And that's so not dude. Like, the dude is just nothing. Like, the dude is just space, man. He's just like reflecting whatever's coming to yeah you know, like, oh man very well put i love it all right here is uh you see what happens <laughs> what are you doing man <laughs> what are you doing here you go larry you see what happens you see what happens larry <laughs> you see what happens larry. this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass larry This is what happens, Larry. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass? This is what happens. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens, Larry? 
Do you see what happens, Larry, when you fuck a stranger in the ass? What happens, Larry? This is what happens, Larry! <laughs> what happens, Larry? Baby! Stop it! Stop it! What the fuck are you doing, man? Stop oh, it! Hey, man. I just want the fucking gun last week! Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm gonna hey, fucking I'm kill sorry. you! I just bought the fucking gun last week! Come on, man. I'll kill your fucking gun, no, man! No, no, hey, hey, that's not his head! Ah, oh, God damn it! Oh, oh, fuck no, you! Man. You like that? Fuck you! No. Ah! No. I'll kill you, oh. fucking god! So, do you think that Donnie was in the car when he was smashing yeah. that up? Because he was there with him. It. You gotta. And he's it, there yeah, afterwards in the with the In and Out Burger. I know, right? Yeah, he, I would like to. <laughs> what I think in my head, he's like waiting on the side of the house, just like. I don't know, like, just hanging out, just listening. Or not listening. The way that I would think that character, he'd be just, like, looking at the stars or something, or, like, he'd see something down the street, maybe, and kind of, he'd be, like... Oh, yeah, he's just, know, just, he's just wandering struck. around. He'd yeah. follow, like, a fucking yeah. shooting star He's or standing somewhere in the shadows. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know, and yeah. then he's I'm pretty sure there. Walter's like, come on, Donnie. I love Donnie. His uh, bowling shirts, not one of them say Donnie on them. Really? That's a bummer. Yeah. That just, I mean, that's the character. He's just kind of, he's in the shadows. He's just kind of like back there. He's Donnie just there to goes be home, a part of Donnie it. unties his shoes. Donnie puts on his robe after he goes in the shadow. Donnie goes to bed. He reads a book. You know, Donnie, Donnie doesn't do much. He's just happy to be alive. He's, he's blissfully ignorant, which is great. But the branded series is a Western. I just was looking uh, the show that the uh, TV series, yeah, that they just mentioned. That he writes that uh, that that's the guy in the iron lung, supposedly, and that the the son Larry is his son. <laughs> but like, uh, that's interesting because like the the main writers, the bulk of the series, as uh, Walter says, Larry Cohen, creator and writer, head writer of that. So there's Larry, and then you got Cohen brothers. There might be something there, huh? Huh. See what happens, Larry. <laughs> Yeah, you see what happens, Larry Cohen? So I think these brothers maybe grew up on that show. They must have dropped that for a reason. It's a real show. I never even looked it up. Sure, a lot of the stuff that they that this movie is based off of is it's things that they experience. It's part of their... I think that's why they like yeah. Buster Scruggs and, you know, yeah. like uh, True Grit they make with Jeff Bridges, which sure. is a great movie. Um, and No Country for Old Men is very country is and very trying to Western, kick back yeah. to the Western... Mm -hmm idea and the guy on the lamb like josh brolin when he's in that hotel room and he's got like hidden cash and shit like it's very westerny uh, vibes yeah we should cover that movie at some point i love it um yeah that's that's all i wanted to add i, I think that's well, interesting i mean a lot of this is i mean it kind of it's the it's the foreshadowing and it's the it's the metaphors it's the visual metaphors that they have that people represent in this movie. I think that everybody kind of has like maybe a deeper meaning for who their character is and why they are in place. And I just think it's brilliant. I think they, they put so much detail from the Autobahn record album that, yeah, you know, that is, you got Flea, that's Flea everybody. and yep. yeah, from the, Fargo. the other guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, as a band that they actually had a photo shoot for, 
and sure. made this album. The de- the attention to detail that the Coen brothers put into this movie, since this is the one at hand, I there's so many different layers. I mean, why do they mention the political stuff? You know, why mm-hmm. why is that yeah. part of it? Is it just to show the times? Is it just so that he can have an image of Saddam Hussein? Why? Was this yeah. a major? I mean, this was a major thing that they had when they were growing up, or I mm-hmm. mean, it was wasn't Walter being completely like a stolen valor type character that's angry about yeah, Vietnam right. but really probably didn't see a goddamn second and, in yeah. it you know maybe yeah I'd like it to know seems like recent fake. divorcee that's kind of yep. like I think he's know, full of shit in a way but he's a guy that's full of shit scenes, yeah. but he's we love him but you know I think sure. the character right. I think he's full of shit like I think that's kind of the funny joke like he's seen his guys face down in the muck die. Right. I don't buy it for a second from Walter. I just think Walter is that guy who grabs everything that he can to be a bull because he hates bullies and he got bullied as a kid. I, that's Maybe. what I read from sure, his character. Yeah. And like, he stands up for the dude. And yes, he's passionate he does. And he's I think he could have gone to Vietnam, yeah. and he's a good guy, but I don't think he did. I think he maybe did, like, computer work or something. But he loves the idea of huh. army. He loves the idea of military. He's one yeah. of those people that are they're kind of obsessed with uh, military, and that's what I read of that character. I don't think he really well, he's is a got war hero. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's easy to get a gun in the, yeah, fucking America, right? I Let's just talk don't about think the handoff. Let's talk about that scene where he... Oh, God, the ringer? The ringer, the handoff. I'm gonna play it. It's pretty laundry, dude. The beauty of this is it's simplicity. The Once a plan gets too complex, everything can go Good wrong. Song. There's one thing I learned in Nam. Dude. You're coming to a wooden bridge. When you cross the bridge, you throw the bag from the left window of the moving car. You're being watched. Fuck. What do you say? Where's the handoff? There is no fucking handoff, man. At the wooden bridge, we throw the money out of the car. Mm-hmm. We throw the money out of the moving car. No, we can't do that, dude. That fucks up our plan. Well, call them up and explain it to them, Walter. Your plan is so fucking simple and people fucking understand it. That's the beauty of it. Wooden bridge, huh? Throwing the money, Walter. We're not fucking around, man. Okay, dude, the bridge is coming up. Give me the ringer. Chop, chop. Fuck that. Walter, I love you, but sooner or later you're going to have to face the fact you're a goddamn moron. Okay, dude, no time to argue. Hey, man! Hey! Walter! Hey, Walter! Hey! Walter! Here goes the radio! What the fuck? Okay, dude, your wheel. Hey! 15 MPH on roll out. I double back and grab one of them and beat it out of them. Lucy! Lucy! Dude, the thing goes rolling out of your neck, did you? Walter! 15, dude! This is a fucking hill! Good friend, Walter. He means well. Ah, fuck it, dude. <laughs> Let's go bold. Yeah. Awesome scene. So well shot. Good credence in the background. The bike sound. 
the shots, the bridge. Perfect set. I love that. That so was much. hilarious. Like the first time that you see this movie and you're watching this scene, it's just it, it's exhilarating. You're like, <laughs> you're like mm-hmm. fucking Walter, you gotta fuck this up. And dude is there, like just like trying to make, you know, this uh, situation and do his part to, you know, bring this to a close because he doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. All he wants is his fucking rug, and. He's caught in the middle of this, and Walter's there just, you know, uh, um, enamorated with the idea of this woman that's, like, <laughs> taking advantage of all scenarios and yeah. in his mind and in her mind that faked her own kidnapping. He's angry, and he's trying to show the dude he really knows what's up. Like, shut up, dude. I got you on this. But this is this is a scene in um, great comedy, and especially in this movie, where you're at the apex of all these characters. You know them, and then the editing and the comed- the, the the push, the action, the fast-paced comedy here. You're you're taken aback, right? You're just like, wait, what? What's happening next? <laughs> you're doing you what? Really are, and yeah. then there's a line here, and then like you have. Um, so Jeff Bridges, the dude, is kind of in our shoes. We're the, we're seeing this through his eyes. Like, what the fuck is happening? I don't. I didn't expect this. You didn't. You didn't show what Walter did this whole time. He shows up with the ringer. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything. And so you're put in his shoes, and you're like, well, what the what the fuck are you doing, Walter? <laughs> it's like it's very it's great uh, screenwriting. It's great. It's great. It's just so fucking yeah. punch, punch, punch yeah. in your face. And you're just left with <laughs> credence and just the dude like, what the fuck? And they, uh, yeah, and they don't, they don't stick on it. And they, they cut to the next yeah. scene. It's just, it's beautiful. Jesus, man, could you change the channel? Fuck you, man. If you don't like my fucking music, get your own fucking cab. I had a really rough. I'll pull up to the side and kick your ass out. Man, come on. I had a rough night and I hate the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs> I just had to toss that in. Okay, there. I, I thank you for that. It's glorious. He hates the fucking Eagles, loves Credence. I I don't know. I don't think the Cone brothers so I don't think they the, like either band to be honest. I, I really don't. Well, they've got a lot of these folk songs in this yeah, soundtrack. It doesn't it's sound like folk, old country. You know, Credence kind of... I think newer, Credence is maybe a joke. I think that's probably what their friend, yeah. the actual dude, Yeah, loves, good point. And they're the, probably the like playing on Yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't think they like Credence because of the taste that they have. You know, like, they got Elvis Costello and Bob Dylan and, you know... Um, fuck, the, the guy with the beard, Roger. He d- does the poker song. Holy Kenny shit. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers, thank you. Yeah. And they uh, that's a one of a... It's a great song, but they got Matt, 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 I'm a, <laughs> I'm a sheep. Um, they have massive amounts of good songs in here and they paid money for those songs. So mm. I think it's supposed to mean something about the dude and not their taste. You know, I think directorial, they killed it. Like the Coen brothers have shown themselves a billion times after this and everybody respects them now. I think they were maybe a quick cult classic. It didn't take that long for them to like, whoop, hey, guys, 
what was that, like five years? And yeah, like, it was like, hey, look yeah. at this fucking movie, you idiots. And then everybody picked it up. All the studios yeah. gave him a ton of money to do, like, True Grit. Where I find, I just want to say Jeff Bridges, for some reason, like, I like him in Tron, the remake. But, like, after that, he has this, like, drooly old man speak. Like, no, but he literally can't speak the same. Like, like did he get punched a lot? I, I, don't, I love the guy, but... I mean, my mom said it. that too, and yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, you're right, mom." For once, like sure. he does talk like he's got a chin full of drool at some point. I don't know. You, you'd have to check it out. Like, I have to check it out. He's very country. I now. watched part of that movie. Um, it's a great but, movie. Uh, yeah, I remember not being into it. Maybe it was the character. Maybe it was the. I'm good on his yeah. whatever he's doing, man. I love yeah. that guy. I'll go back and watch all of the Cohen films. Oh yeah. Well, um, uh, have you watched Fargo lately? It's great. Uh, it's just like the uh, well, Steve Buscemi plays an entirely different character, right? And, which I enjoy yeah, quite a bit. Uh, but they kill him off too. Yeah, uh, to, pretty much towards the end, though. Yeah, uh, he ends up in the wood right. chipper with his foot right. hanging out when she shows up like with the gun. I killing Steve. I guess so, yeah, he does die. Yeah. We didn't talk about the Folgers can, but everybody yeah. knows he's listening. Right, yeah. That's uh, a great scene. Right, he ends up dying. There's Well, I wanted to just, just uh, you know, play where the movie wraps up and the dude figures it out, and then okay. we'll talk about the Nihilists and No, no uh, I'm saying that if he knows I'm a fuck-up, why does he leave me in charge of getting his wife back? Because he doesn't fucking want her back, man. He's had enough. He no longer digs her. It's all a show. Okay, but then why doesn't he give a shit about his million bucks? I, I mean, he knows we never handed off his briefcase, but he never asked for it back. The million bucks was never in the briefcase. The briefcase was fucking empty, man. The asshole was hoping that they would kill her. You threw out a ringer for a ringer. So the dude's figuring it out. He puts it all together, and... Uh, you know, then they end up going to the uh, the mansion again, and shit ends up hitting the fan and comes to a close. But uh, you know, we're kind of getting to the point here. We're getting to the end. We're over an hour here. Thanks for listening. But uh, there's so many things that I want to mention about this movie that I just don't think that we have the time for. I mean, from the uh, uh, Jackie Treehorn, his note that he makes when he's taken. Taking a message on the, the phone people, and he the people listening to this carbon no, copy of the guy with yeah. the you know absolutely and uh, and the there's dude's face when he sees that yeah to we haven't even mentioned the Jesus we haven't even sure. mentioned it's just there's so much to talk about John Turturro made that character he's I mean amazing his I mean all he's, of that character their, was one of their best yeah go to guys sure like, yeah. Like, Yep, Steve. they do. Yeah, yeah, they're great. And John Goodman. Yeah, yeah. they're they're great together. Everybody, right. they love him. And I, he's great. I saw that. I, think they I haven't seen it yet. They did uh, the Jesus rolls. You oh, can see did? it. It's out there, and that's gonna probably be the next movie that I watch myself. But oh, they're doing. Yeah, it. no, it's there. You can get it. Where? Where movie? I saw it on Amazon Prime. I think is where I saw it. Mm. Not the Coen Brothers involved, or? I don't think so. Ah. I don't think so. I think it's Totoro's directing. I think he actually writ, wrote and directed it, and he wanted to take this character and turn sure. it into something else. I think it seems like it's more of like a like a mafia or a mobster or like some sort of like a 
Wow. Um, like, uh, <laughs> I got to check that yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got to watch it too. I don't know anything about it, so don't. Sure. Uh, but it, you know, I'd watch more of that character. That's for Just sure. Just kidding. He, like from the pinky ring. Oh my gosh. There, you guys. He has a Coke nail that's painted pink. Right. Yeah. And that's him. That's not and part him of the writing. And up at the doorsteps yeah. of people and that face he gives, like. Oh shit! With a big white skinhead kind of guy, he's oh god. Right, yeah. Uh, the acting, that character. I mean, like I say, I mean, there's so many things about this movie yep. that I'd love to just touch. Another on quick thing: about, the guy yeah. that shows up at uh, the dude's house that is like, "Okay, I got a one man show at blah blah blah." Dude's like, "Mm-hmm," and he's like, "That's like, you know, today's June 1st. And the dude gives another. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 I get it. But the, behind him, the set dressing, there's a stoop with stairs with a ton of sneakers, dirty sneakers laid on the stoop. It's just like, what a nice touch. I, I noticed that, this watch. Like, wow. You the guys detail, man. Fucking yeah. amazing. And it, uh. The neighborhoods. Yeah, he lives I mean, in this, the slums, yeah. but the slums of California, you know. It, it's probably a paid-for house. His parents gave it to him. Or so, you know, he's just living off the cover. Sure. He's fucking chilling. Well, the dude. the dude is late on his rent. The his landlord comes up oh, to him and says, so he is late "Hey on man, rent. like this really timid, submissive guy." No, like, that's is that's his, that's not his landlord. That's his friend. No, that's his landlord. He says, "You're yeah. late on the rent." He knocks. Yeah, and he's si- he's sitting there sipping, and he's got like that milk mustache, and he's like, "What?" You know, he doesn't give a shit. And uh, the landlord, he's just like this little bald guy with a tucked-in polo. Yeah, and he does the first-person show, and they go to see him, right? I was wondering about that. Is that that guy? That's not the landlord, bro. No, the landlord comes, and he asks for the rent, and he tells him that he's laid on his payments. Holy shit, I... It's a maybe, short maybe I'm scene. so scared of yeah. being late on my rent payments, I, I blocked that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, don't watch this part. I gotta get up. I don't wanna know about <laughs> All this. All right. Uh, I just want to mention the shoes in the corner of the, the stoop outside. <laughs> it, it's beautiful. And then the dude just, like, got a milk white Russian mustache, yeah. like, trying to be nice to this guy. And just, like... That's his landlord. Really? That's his landlord asking him for to pay the rent. And he's so timid and, like... Yeah. So I got a show, though, you know? Like, oh, uh, right. He does say that. I was wondering And they go that. to was, the first they go person to the show, show. That's where and Walter that's where shows like, up and he's like, I figured out who it's this by the in and out Larry Seller is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I was wondering about that. That was my question was, what the fuck was that? Like, I did not... Are, why are they not, at this show? But... I do not It was the landlord. Sure. You're right. That was, no. I don't know if it is. It is. I'd have to watch it together. Yep. God, I... He's know. asking for the rent, and he's like, you know, yeah. like, okay. He's like, you know, dude's just like, I'll get it to you. Like, I'm, Right. It's you the know. best thing where Jeff Bridges is, like, acknowledging him. Like, yeah, definitely. I'll, uh, your show, yeah. And then the little fidgety guy is just like, well. The landlord. Sure, let's not call him that. But he's like, you know, dude, it's like June 1st already. And then he does his fake. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he wants the rent. Thing. He's just like. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, is that Because he wants the rent. That's why he says the date. Yeah, okay. Put Whatever. it together. I'll, well, I'll watch it later. I don't know. Okay. So I'm glad we both figured something out talking about this movie. It's, it's, and it's all based on this guy, which is hilarious, because my only question about this was like, what the fuck are they watching here? What is this one-man show thing? Yeah, that's I did not know. The but guy that came to That's the what I missed. I missed that part of that conversation. He's great. Yeah. I love that actor. That's good. Movie. 
That's yeah, good. with the shoe bundle in the next door. <laughs> the That's shoes. in the shot of him like yeah, yeah. explaining a bundle of shoes on doorsteps, just dirty shoes. Great. Um, how do you want to close this out? Um, well, so really, uh, my favorite movie, frickin' A of all time. Yeah. Um, I, I, let's just uh, let's stick to the classic Unreal rating system. And, you know, let's it. give this uh, roaches. Or ro- wh- Bowling Caucasians. Pins. Caucasians. Um, long swings. I got one I more think. thing that I want to say. Okay. So when uh, in one of his ge- dream trip outs and he's going down the bowling alley and mm-hmm. he's uh, he tilts up floating through, and he, through their dresses. Yeah. Yeah. So during that scene... Jeff Bridges' wife and daughter were there. Oh. He invited them to this They scene weren't one shot. of the skirt girls. No, they weren't, but they were watching. Okay. And um, they had gone to the makeup artist and had him glue Harry Bush hair to underneath on some the, of the dresses. Ladies, so you're on surprised? So, like, right. So, like, <laughs> when you see him kind of go through, like, you can kind of, like, See a point like towards the end before he spins over. He's like, oh. you think they use that, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Oh, I'm, and also, mm-hmm. uh, Julianne Moore um, was actually pregnant during the end of this movie, and and she gets oh. pregnant. And there's a, they say there's a baby Lebowski on the way. Sure, there's you know, uh, which I found was interesting. She was is she was actually. Weird. So she's like trying to get pregnant with the leg thing in the bed, but she actually probably had a baby in the of or what? Uh, yeah, who knows? Little, who knows? But that Lebowski. coincided. Yeah, there was a that Cohen sided. Cohen sided. <laughs> well done, guys. You planned that one out really good. Jeez, I know. To These the guys tea. are brilliant. Look at that casting. The attention to detail the is unreal. Even the fetus is unreal, just like this picture show. Um, Absolutely. Else? I want to rate this in, uh, let's say, White Russians. I give this 100 White Russians. Yeah. How can't you? How can you argue with that? It's it's a perfect film. Perfect comedic film. If you want to find mistakes or goofs, that's fine. But everything has mistakes and goofs, my man. Yeah. I... Yeah, I don't see any mistakes. Hmm. I love this movie. Tried and true. If you don't get the comedy, you, you stop watching movies. Like, get out of here. You don't get it, right? But come back to the Unreal Picture Show, <laughs> where uh, Jake and I will continue to have fun conversation about movies that we love. We also have the Unreal Horror Show. That's right. I am that guy. Unreal Horror Show. Look Unreal Horror Show, where Spooky Jake... <laughs> delightfully scares you. Yeah, we got, like, the Babadook. We got It Follows coming out. We did Hellraiser with Evan. Evan's involved in that. I'm in the background. I'll uh, I'll still be around in that show, and you can always catch us here on the Unreal Picture Show, um, where we'll cover all of our favorites of all genres, and please come back. As always, give us an email unrealpictureshow at gmail.com we're at that point that we need to go because mm-hmm. we've been having too many oat sodas Later, we appreciate you joining us we'll see you next time 
on the Unreal Picture Show. Yeah. 